Are you ready to invest in yourself today? Welcome to the Wealth Builders Podcast, where investment leader Billy Epperhart teaches you how to build wealth through applied biblical wisdom. Scripture says in Deuteronomy 8.18, Remember the Lord, your God, for it is He who gives you the ability to produce wealth. At Wealth Builders, our goal is to teach you how to build wealth through applied biblical wisdom in your finances, your business, and your investments. Hello and welcome to the Wealth Builders Weekly Podcast. I'm Karen Conrad, Vice President of Wealth Builders, and I'm so glad that you chose to join us today. And just on behalf of Billy and Becky, we're so excited to have you part of the Wealth Builders family. This is such an interesting time. I mean, we're talking about real estate and we're continuing in that series today. We've got the interest rates going up. We still have demand really tight. Boy, there is some things ahead that we need to understand about the market. And what I'm going to be teaching on today and sharing with you is entitled, Where is Your Market? Now, we've got the real estate workshop that's coming up April 22nd to the 24th, and we're really excited about that. It's sold out in person, but you can still join us by live stream. It's really a weekend of intensive training on real estate by Billy, uh, does a lot of the training himself and the teaching and from our entire coaching team. So if you're interested in that, go to wealthbuilders.org slash events and check that out. So real estate investing, as you know, is really our favorite way of investing. And one of the things I really like about it is I have some control over the investment, right? We don't run companies when we invest in them, but when we purchase our own real estate, we have a say in what happens with that real estate. We manage it. We're able to go in and do improvements. And we're able to choose the market and the location that is best for us to invest in. So I'm going to be sharing several things with you to help you determine where is your real estate market for investing. So let's go ahead and get started. I'm going to take you through a process. I'll share some stories with you that we actually journeyed on uh, together, Dave, Levi, and I, as we chose the markets we wanted to invest in. And I'll be incorporating some best practices from our coaches and just uh, give you, hopefully, a list of items that's going to help you know where to invest in or where to expand your current real estate investing in. So get a piece of paper out, get a pen, and let's go through these points. Number one, locate a price point that you are comfortable with. This is having a lot to do with our cash reserves and savings. It might be when you look at a property, uh, you know, are we comfortable buying, like in our area, an $800,000 home? which in our case wasn't because we'd have to put all our eggs in one basket. Uh, Or do we want to find a market that maybe we can pick up some properties under $200,000 or around that $150,000 mark? So this is a discussion that if it's you and your spouse, you and your family or investors, 
you really need to talk about. Most people don't have infinite cash reserves. We certainly didn't when we started. So we wanted to be able to go into a price point where we weren't one and done. <laughs> we're one property and that's it. We're done. And then try to, you know, build wealth back up in cash flow, which is not the fastest way to build your, your cash reserves back up. So, excuse me, number one, choosing a price point that you're comfortable with. Number two, the ability to work toward the real estate designation with the ability to buy multiple properties and do flips in the market. Billy does an amazing teaching on this. It's on Wealth Builders University. And it is about how to attain and explaining the guidelines of a real estate designation. This is guidelines that the IRS sets up. And what it does is it breaks open the limits that we have on being able to deduct expenses or take deductions on our tax returns. There's a minimum number of hours that you have to invest. And he really lays out a plan on how to attain that designation. So for us, because it involves buying multiple properties, getting a flip in there, we really needed to find a market that works in all those areas. So I won't go into a lot of detail because of time on this, but I do want to explain something to you on this. When we go into a market, we want to find as many opportunities for us to be able to exit out or maybe increase our cash or shift as far as what's happening in the market as we can. So in one area, I'll just use South Lake here where we live. When we looked at the options that we had available, we looked at three different areas. One of them is a buy and hold. So that would be we purchase a property, we get a long-term renter in there, and that's where you get a consistent cash flow. And that didn't work very well here because it didn't match the guidelines. And if you uh, go to the real estate workshop, we'll give you all the details on what you look for. The second one is, would I be able to flip it? If I did improvements, could I then put it on the market and make money on it, like get a nice increase? And the answer in South Lake was no. We were asking some questions of people that were doing flipping in the market. And on average in this area, people were making like $10,000. Imagine all the work, all the risk, and then you would walk away at the closing table for $10,000. The third one that we look at is, could we do a vacation rental? And really it was a no there as well because the price on the homes were so high you would have a very narrow target market of who would be interested in the property for a vacation rental. But conversely, when we looked down in the central area of Texas, we found that there was a market that hit our ratios for all three of those items. So with that, we have a much better opportunity to cash flow. We could pivot if we needed to, if something happened in the market and we needed to sell the property or to a vacation rental, um, but it was also a situation where we were able to hit all these different types of investments to get our real estate designation the most clear pathway. So it's very important from a tax perspective, if you are really going to go into real estate, 
you want to work at having the ability to get that real estate designation. Number three, where is the growth pattern in the nearest city? Billy shares this, that he and Becky would look for areas where they weren't right in maybe the busiest part or most expensive part of the city, but analyzing where is the growth going out to and then buying ahead in the market. Uh, so for the area that we're investing in, it's near Waco, and we didn't purchase in Waco, the values were going up, but we looked around to a small town that was about 10 to 15 miles outside of Waco, where the prices were still quite a bit lower than the Waco. They're not today, but they were at the time that we purchased, and we could see that people were migrating out with movement. So you can get new construction a lot of times and get out ahead of things. You know, this is a story from years ago. We didn't know what we were doing, um, but it was just really a blessing. You could see God really had his hand on us. But when we were in the Minneapolis, Minnesota area, we, it was time for us. We had uh, just gotten married and it was time to get our first home. And I was working in Edina. And if you are familiar with Minnesota, you know Edina is quite a high-end market. So we started to look for homes in Bloomington uh, and those areas. And it was so expensive compared to what we grew up with and what we could actually qualify for. So we ended up doing a new construction all the way out in this town called Chaska, Minnesota. But the time that we bought there, it was just surrounded with cornfields and it was really quite a commute. But again, if you're familiar with that area, Chaska is very much a suburb of the Twin Cities. So we didn't, again, know what we were doing, but that's what we could afford. And then within two to three years, we were able to sell that property and made a significant um, increase on that, which helped us to buy another property in a town called Prior Lake, Minnesota, which was again, way out there, lots of cornfields in between. And that property within five to six years, we were able to about double our money on that. So when you and I go into this now, knowing what we're looking for, we can be purposeful and we can buy on the fringe of these cities out ahead of others. And that is where your greatest appreciation opportunity lies. All right, number four, we wanted to invest, and I'm sure you do too if you're listening to this podcast, where we had an opportunity to make an impact in a community. We didn't wanna just go buy homes and put tenants in there. We actually wanted to invest somewhere that we could enjoy the community, you know, make it a better place, buy multiple properties to really have an impact on the real estate and uh, the neighbors and the area. And we really were able to do that in a very short period of time because we bought in a smaller town. Well, just recently, a matter of fact, last week, we closed on the coastal cottage, which was the flip that we featured in uh, season one of Sweet Tea Hospitality. We got the value we we're looking for, it was such a blessing, but we really had an impact in that real estate market because we set a record. 
there was no houses in that area that broke a certain barrier of dollar amount over 2,000 square feet. There was the uh, dollar per square foot was in the lower square footage uh, properties because those were moving, but there was issues with appraisals in the higher value homes with the higher square footage. And we got a cash buyer. And so we were able to break that barrier. And now people with a larger home in that area have got a comp to use. And it is going to start raising appraisals in that area for the entire community. So that was important to us. Number five, an opportunity to bring things to the market that are not currently being done. So what I mean by this is as you study markets to go into, determine where your edge is. What can you bring with your skills and talents that God has given you, your desire with real estate? Where can you bring them where other people aren't really doing it that can give you that edge? So for us, when we went into this market, people weren't home staging. They were rarely doing professional photos. They weren't doing marketing. Just in general, they weren't really beautifying a home. Uh, so there was a gap. So we found that gap, brought those elements into our design, into the marketing, into the presentation for both the buy and hold and the flip property. And it made an impact. And so not only was it a blessing or is a blessing to people that either purchase the home or live in it, but it was a huge financial blessing for us to locate that gap because we were able to earn more than what other people were by, by just doing those simple things. And by the way, they're things I love to do, right? <laughs> All right. Number six. You want to find a team, and this includes a property manager, a builder to work with directly in purchasing new builds or helping with a remodel, your local team um, in all the areas. And I actually covered your team at length in last week's podcast. So if you want to learn more about building your real estate team and know, you know what roles are in there, listen to that podcast. But one of the things that I wanted to mention here is uh, there is a financing called, they're called Homestyle Loans. And it's a Fannie Freddie product where you are able to purchase a property and you're able to uh, get the loan based on what's called the ARV value. That's the after repair value. And in that process, so maybe I purchase a property that is distressed and maybe I purchase, I'm able to purchase it at $150,000 and I bring a general contractor in and based on the improvements, I'm going to have to put maybe $75,000 into it. The appraisal is done based on the plans and specs after you've done the repair and then you get the loan on that total amount of the ARV value, you do your down payment, 20% down or 10% down if it's a primary dwelling or second home, uh, and you get your loan for the total finished value amount. And then the, the uh, lender has, they, they follow the process in escrow and then they do draws back to your general contractor. 
Well, I'm bringing this up in the area of finding a team because you have to adhere to the local guidelines to be eligible for that type of loan. So when you go into a market and you are looking to be able to do something like this, which is a great way to create wealth, you're going to need to connect to a general contractor. And, uh, you know, things like the plumber, electrician, those are all important things as well. But when you go into a market, you want to be able to talk to people enough, get to know people enough that you're able to connect with these very, very important team members. All right. Number seven is, do we like the area and do we look forward to spending time there? Before I would go in and invest in an area, it might look great on realtor.com and it's very important to do that analysis, but I like to get my feet on the ground. I like to see how it feels to be there because if you're buying multiple properties in an area and particularly if you're going to do improvements, guess what? You're going to be spending a lot of time in that area and you just want to make sure that it's a place that you enjoy. We really got to the point when we were doing the coastal cottage flip that we were excited, like, yay, we get to go down to uh, Central Texas and stay in Waco. And we would just make an event out of it. We get our hotel rooms. We plan where we're going to go to dinner. Uh, we just had a great time. And, you know, that's what it should be. Real estate investing work should be fun. So do you like the area and are you going to look forward to spending time there? All right, number eight, what businesses are in the area to support growth and increase? This is really important. That was one of the main things that attracted us to this area because as we started studying what was happening in the communities and started visiting with some city officials, just you know, people that were owning businesses, I was like, hey, what's happening in the area? We found out that there was the largest Amazon fulfillment center that was being built or in Texas being built between Waco and this community. We learned about a significant HVAC uh, supplier that was out in this area that we had no idea. SpaceX was growing and in, in this area. So this is really important because you wanna know that you're going into a community that is going to continue to have a demand for housing. So we just learned that right now there's 2,500 workers coming into that area. And you know what? They need homes, right? And so that's where we want to invest. And then number nine, what is nearby that would draw vacation rental opportunities? And in that, where's the edge to leverage? So why is that important? Well, as I mentioned earlier, you wanna have as many exit strategies as possible. And one of the things that actually happened to me in my property in Minnetonka, Minnesota, is that when I went into the rental market, we were actually going out to Karis Bible College. So I rented out our executive home. We were in that time where uh, like 2012, where the housing market was still not in great shape and meaning the values were still down. It was in recovery mode. But oftentimes, as you see those values go down, your rental market 
actually goes up. The demand for rentals goes up. So at that time, there was a high demand for rentals, especially nice rentals. And I didn't really know it, but I just really benefited from that. So I had these amazing renters that were renting from me uh, in the house. And it was, it was wonderful. I didn't really know how good it was until the market started to improve. And then the couple that was renting, they found their dream house. So they purchased that. And then I went back in the market thinking like, hey, I'll be able to find a great renter just like I did before. Well, the market had changed. And so I did not find a great renter. Matter of fact, I learned quite a lesson because the renters basically trashed my house. It was really sad. Uh, not something that you want to you know, go back to and find when you're states away. But it gave me an opportunity. I did know at that time I, I collected more um, money up front because the, the renter's credit wasn't great. And I knew that there was some risk there. I didn't know how much risk. Of course, learned on the back end. You can learn from my mistake. But I did take that additional security deposit and I just reinvested that back into the property to make updates that I needed to make anyway. And we looked at the rental market thinking I would just get someone else in that was more qualified for a year. Market just wasn't there. Why? Because interest rates at this point were so low, values were recovering that people that had good credit that would have been good renters, they could go out and qualify for a great house during this time. So I had to look at some alternatives. And what I did is I turned that previously buy and hold same property into a vacation rental. And I did so much better being able to turn that into a vacation rental. So I learned something from that in that any market that we go into, I really want to be able to move it into a vacation rental if there are differences in the economy or housing market from the time that we buy it. Uh, we're going into a season now where interest rates are, are rising quickly. I don't think they're gonna stay this high. And I know that we'll be learning a lot from Billy on this at the real estate workshop, like what we can expect. But what is even a good flip market today with the uh, interest rates going up, the values are probably, except for we do have a huge shortage yet, are probably going to start to slow down. Or what if they start to go down? I don't wanna be stuck with only an option of a flip where I'm expecting to be able to sell it at this higher amount. And what if the value isn't there, but I've put money into it, makes sense? So. These are nine things, nine questions for you to think about for determining what market that you want to start investing in or expanding into. So I hope this was helpful for you. We've walked through this personally, and I'm so glad we did because the markets that we found have truly, truly been a blessing. So also wanted to mention to you that we've got some free webinars coming up. And as I've mentioned, the real estate workshop, we have a business mastery workshop that's coming up in August. So check out all the latest events, including free webinars at wealthbuilders.org events. 
And if you're not able to attend an event, I encourage you to look at Wealth Builders University. This is an incredible learning platform that Billy and Becky have put together. And it's like the best deal around. You can get an annual subscription for just $299, which includes, oh, dozens of courses, which all have multiple lessons in them a live monthly mastermind call. So check that out at wbuniversity.online. So thank you so much for being a part of this podcast and a part of the Wealth Builders family. We love and appreciate you and have an awesome rest of the day. We hope you learned something of lasting value today from this Wealth Builders podcast. If you'd like any tools, teachings, or resources mentioned in the podcast, you'll find them online at wealthbuilders.org. Wealth Builders exist to teach you how to build wealth through applied biblical wisdom in your finances, your business, and your investments. Wealth Builders is a nonprofit organization. We depend on your donations to keep this podcast running. Please consider donating to us on wealthbuilders.org.